closer to the greatest event that this world's ever known. He's coming when Christ shall return again to claim his own. He's coming. My Lord is coming. He will step from his He'll not be alone. He'll bring loved ones who've already gone. They're coming. And the power that raised Christ that day will enter into the grave. He's coming. My Lord is coming. and pray then we'll not be ashamed at his coming some will not be prepared don't let him catch you unaware at his coming my lord is coming Somebody's going to say, man, I can't believe we ain't in 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, but uh, not tonight. You Maybe maybe Wednesday we'll be back. The Lord just got a little thought for me tonight. I know it's been a long day. appreciate all everybody's effort. I'll say more about that here in just a moment. I do believe But Mark chapter number 2 is where we're going to look. Uh, Christy had told me just a little while ago, the ladies that ordered the books uh, for the ladies' deal. Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, obviously you didn't order one. But uh, if you ordered one, if you'll meet her after the service tonight, and uh, just remind me of that at the closed service, and I'll remind everybody. And uh, But again, if you ordered a book, and uh, if, again, if you don't know, obviously you did not order one. But if you did, then I uh, just meet right up here after uh, the service. Got several things on the horizon. We'll say a few things about that. Maybe hit a few prayer requests. Got a ton of folks uh, to pray for. Hard for me to fathom and imagine that there probably wasn't more folks here this morning that needed Christ. So let's just pray that, hey, God will do the watering and the seeds will be continue to be sown 
And I'm praying for him to give the increase. We're looking forward to that. But again, I appreciate you being here tonight. Mark chapter number 2, very familiar passage that I preached. Uh, multiple, multiple messages out of. Uh, many of you will remember the message probably I preached out of this, the church that makes hell tremble. And uh, I'm not going to preach that tonight, but sort of some of the same lines that we could look at. But I got one specific point that I really want to drive home tonight. The Lord is centered on our heart. Mark chapter number 2, if you found your place, if you could stand with us. And honor reverence to the reading of the Word of God. Man, choir, you've been on, on point all day today. And I appreciate everybody's effort there. And that just helps prepare the heart for worship. But Mark chapter number 2. And the Bible said in verse number 1, And again he, and that he is none other than the Lord Jesus. And again he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together, insomuch there was no room to receive them not. No, not no, so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. When they could not come nigh to him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. When they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why doth this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise, and take up thy bed, and walk. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, and take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. And immediately, that's just like a snapping of your finger, a batting of the eye, and immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch they were all amazed, and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. Let's pray. Father, so by God in your presence, Lord, again tonight, we sure do love you. God, we thank you for the good day that you've already given to us. Lord, I thank you for saving Sister Crystal. God, we give you praise and honor for that. Thank you, Lord, for the choir singing today, the attendance, and all the visitors that we had. Thank you for the good fellowship we had at lunchtime. And Lord, as we jump back into your word tonight, I pray that you'd honor yourself. I pray that you'd honor your word. I pray that you'd encourage somebody, strengthen somebody. I pray again if there's one here tonight or listening that's unsaved, unprepared for eternity, God, would you save? We know it's your desire. You want them saved more than we do, but God, we ask. Lord, you told us we have not because we ask not. I pray that you'd save them. Lord, strengthen the child of God. Continue to bless the church. We'll be careful to give you thanks. Give you praise for what you do. And I pray now you'd help me to decrease it. Jesus may be increased and lifted up. Giving you thanks right now for what's accomplished. We ask all these things. In Jesus' name, and all God's people see Him. Amen. Well, thank you for standing. You may be seated tonight. I do appreciate God's Word. I appreciate this passage. So many things you could say about what was going on. This was a literal event in the life in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's great application that we can pull out of this. But the very first verse said, and again, He entered into Capernaum after some days. That means He had been there before I'm glad the Lord not only shows up one time, but he'll show up multiple times where he feels welcome. And I sure do appreciate that. We ought not ever take for granted when the Lord shows up at his house. And we see several things here tonight. I'll just hit them first of all. You'll find in this, I guess if I could preach on a thought tonight, it'd simply be sort of a Christ-honoring church. And that's what I, I want to be a Christ-honoring preacher. I want to be a part of a Christ-honoring church. And I hope you feel the same way. But a Christ-honoring church, what are some things that you can sort 
more to expect from that. And, and by the way, before I go any further, listen, we're not going to toot our own horn. There is a wrong kind of proud, but there's a right kind of proud. Listen, I'm thankful. I'm proud to be a part of Faith Community Baptist Church. I really am. And that doesn't look down on anybody else. I'm just saying I'm thankful for the people. And I look at you guys and gals and ladies and men, and, and you're a part of my family. That's the way I look at it. And I sure do appreciate what God has done for me, placing me here on the side of the road, and I, I guess I done lost count 11 or 12 years ago, and I look back and I think, man, God, look at what you've done this whole time, and, and man, I still believe our greater days are still ahead in the future. I stand here tonight with excitement, with appreciation at all the Lord has done, but I think about, Brother Howard, what the Lord's going to do in the near future, and they, we, they just sung the song, He's Coming. You say, preacher, why should we continue to work? We're going to work like it's going to be another 100 years, but it could be tonight, could be tomorrow, could be next week when he returns, and that's the mindset that we ought to have. But when you think about this tonight, here the first thing in a Christ-honoring church, I believe there's going to be the presence of the Lord. You see this found here in verse number 1, the Bible said, And again, he, and that being Jesus, entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. Did you get that? That he was in the house. Now, a lot of folks come for the singing. Some folks come for the preaching. Boy, I hope you come to worship Jesus. It's all about him, man. He's the one that is to have the preeminence. And I believe in every Christ-honoring church, yeah, there'll be good, godly singing, Christ-honoring singing. I believe there'll be gospel preaching, and I believe it ought to be, it ought to be convincing. It ought to be convicting. And it ought to be consistent, by the way. You know, it's sort of like this. You think about theology. We ought to have consistent theology. If I hopped up here one day and said, well, you know, there, there might be other ways to heaven. That's not consistent theology. You ought to be consistently, week by week, day in and day out, sticking to the, to the old past. Jeremiah said, Jeremiah chapter number 6, seek ye out the old past and walk therein. Why is that, preacher? That's where you'll find rest for your souls. We ought to have con consistent theology, but then convincing theology to try to convince folks this is what the Word of God said. But they ought to be convincing or convicting. Uh, That's something I can't do. That's something you can't do. But I'm glad there's something the Holy Ghost can do. But he's got to be in the house. And I believe in every Christ-honoring church, it'll be a place where the presence of the Lord is where he's not quenched, where he's not greed and, and listen or resisted, all those things that you can do under the Spirit. But I do believe that uh, in a Christ honoring church to be the presence of the Lord because we've got to understand this. And I'm thankful again for technology, all the things that we have today. But listen, guys and gals, we better never get to the point where we rely solely on technology, man. We've got to have the arm of God. And listen, we ought to use the technology advantages that we've got, and we're doing that to the best of our ability. But let's just remember that we can do nothing without the power of God. We've got to have His presence. He can do more in a second than I can do in a lifetime. He can do more in a second than all of us combined could do in our lifetime. So we got to have the presence of the Lord. And here, he showed up on this day. And things get ready to change for one man here because the Lord showed up. His presence made all the difference in the world. So we could say, in a Christ-honoring church, it's got to have the presence of the Lord. But then, there needs to be the preaching of the Word. Uh, as we go on, the Bible said, verse number 2, and straightway, I mean, that word simply means, Immediately, straightway many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them, no, not so much as about the door. And I watch this, and he preached the word unto them. Now, the Lord Jesus Christ was the word incarnate, according to John chapter number one. 
He was enrobed in flesh. Well, here he's preaching the written word. Man, what a message, Brother Kevin, that must have been. But he preached the word of God. That is my responsibility as, as a pastor, as a preacher. It's not necessarily, listen, a lot of folks say, well, man, the preacher sure is opinionated. Well, listen, I, I, if one's worth his salt, he's going to have some opinions. But those opinions should be based on the word of God. That's what's important. God's word is powerful, man. Hebrews 4 and verse number 12 talks about for the word of God is quick. That means it's alive uh, and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints of the marrow, and is the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. God's word will get it done. Now, we don't need to minimize that and thank God we don't minor on the word. I, we try our best to major on the word of God. There's no perfect church. Now, listen, there, uh, the church is made up of imperfect people. We don't have perfect church members. You don't have a perfect pastor. You don't have a, a perfect sound team. You don't have a, a perfect college and career pastor, a youth pastor, deacon, Sunday school teacher. But here's what we got. I do believe we've got some folks that are saved by the grace of God that love the Lord. And although we are imperfect, we serve a perfect Lord, but listen, when the, I think a, a church that is Christ-honoring, there's going to be the presence of the Lord, there's going to be the preaching of the Word of God, but I want you to drop down, I'm doing this strategically, but drop down in, in verse uh, about number 8, well look at verse number 5, when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee, so Jesus, here, here's a man sick with a palsy, and uh, he's unable to work. He's unable to do anything. He's totally dependent upon somebody else. But Jesus dealt primarily, and first thing he dealt with was the spiritual need of his sins being forgiven. So Jesus forgave that. Then look in verse number 6. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why doth this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reason within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? You see, sometimes uh, we may think that the Lord don't even think about the thoughts that go through our mind, but he does. He perceives. He knows. He knows the heart of every man, woman, boy, girl that's here tonight, those that are listening. And, and listen, we're talking about a Christ-honoring church. Yeah, there'll be the presence of the Lord. There'll be the preaching of the Word of God. But just understand, it don't matter where you go, you always going to have some critics in the crowd. I mean, it's just, a, it's just a fact. It's the way, it's sort of like the taters in the church. Remember that? Well, there's some spectators. They'll spectate, just don't ask them to get involved. Then there's some commentators. They'll tell you how to do it, but they ain't going to do it. Yeah, man. <laughs> there's some agitators. <laughs> Who's that? That's folks that'll agitate you. But thank God there's some facilitators that'll get things done. There's some sweet taters, by the way. And there's also dictators that want to dictate everything. But just, listen, there are just, just mark this down. You say, somebody told me one time, I said, Preacher, you know, when we're just on the sidelines coming to church, man, it's wonderful. Man, you get involved, everybody, and you see behind the scenes, and, and it's a lot different. That's why you, gotta, you just got to plow through some things because you're going to have some criticism along. I don't care where you go. You can go to big church. You can go to little church. You're still going to have some folks going to criticize. I'm not going to be too negative tonight, but we got to hit that. It's in the Word of God. Notice it's going down the reason that Jesus dealt with his, with his sins. And look at verse number 9. 
Whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and take up thy bed and walk, but that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. So here they're, they're criticizing, well, who can forgive sins but God only? Well, Jesus was proving a point that he was God in the flesh. But in every Christ-honoring church, there'll be the presence of the Lord, preaching the Word. I believe it'll be a place where power is experienced. Because notice, verse number 12, at the command of the Lord Jesus Christ, he told him to take up the, the one thing that he couldn't do. He, he, come, he went out different, a whole lot different than he came in. He came down through the roof, but he went out. He came down on a bed. Now he's going out carrying his bed. That gives us the idea that power was experienced. Only God can do that. Only the Lord Jesus. We don't have that power. We don't have some magic wand to, to poke folks on the, hand, on, on the head. And we, we don't believe in that Benny Hinn hairspray man stuff where and, and hits them on the head and they fall over. I mean, the guy's been caught so many times, but you wouldn't believe God's people that send money to get one of those anointed prayer cloths. Man, why don't you save your money? I'll give you a prayer cloth. It's just as anointed as the one he's going to send you. What I'm trying to say is this. Man don't have that power, but the Lord Jesus Christ does. He can still change lives. And in ever Christ-honoring church is a place where power is experienced. Now, hang on a minute. Now, we're talking about salvation here. Our sins can be forgiven. But how many times we, after salvation, come to the house of God, we needed power from another world. Maybe you're coming here dragging a leg spiritually. Maybe it's been a tough week. Maybe it's been a tough month. Maybe a financial issue, relationship issue, some problems going on in life. And, and you were looking for answers. You were seeking something. And maybe the choir got to singing. Maybe the preacher got to preaching. And you went out a whole lot different than you came in because you experienced power in a Christ on church. Not only that, I do believe this, that every church should be a place where praise is exercised. Now listen, I don't get all this, I don't do much, I do enough work to, 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 to stay in shape. But a lot of folks exercise, they pump iron, that's wonderful. You just remember those muscles, going. that's going to turn into wrinkles one of these days. It sure is. But you know what? Praise ought to be exercised. And when you exercise, you, it's sort of like working out. You, you keep it working. Well, listen, praise is something that I believe that is desperately needed in our churches. But notice, verse number 12, immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch they were all amazed. So there's the power. That guy experienced that power because Jesus was in the house. He preached the word unto them. But then it goes on to say, they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw it. On this fashion. Notice it glorified God. I do believe it's a place where, in a Christ honoring church, is a place where praise is exercised. And listen, uh, I, I say this sometimes, and a lot of times during a testimony service, and I've said this, it really hadn't been a big issue here, but listen, it's worth repeating because some folks don't get this. A testimony time is not for you to talk about yourself. It ain't time to hear about your cat getting run over. It's a time to brag on the Lord Jesus Christ. It's about, it's about Him. I've been in services before, man. I wanted to go underneath the pew, honestly. If I could have got underneath there. Because when, when after, after the testimony was over, I can tell you now Jesus wouldn't honor it. Yeah, man. 
I'm just saying you come to the house of God and in the house of God is a place where praise ought to be exercised. But it's not praising yourself or another individual. It's praising the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I can assure you he's worthy of that. But here's the point I want to deal with tonight that I skipped over specifically uh, for a reason. Look with me in verse number 3. I do believe in every Christ-honoring church. It ought to be presence of the Lord, preaching of the Word, place where power is experienced. Only the Lord can do that. place where praise is exercised. It ought to be a time of singing where we can worship the Lord. And, and listen, I know how it is. You come into the house of God, you got thoughts on your mind. Some of you, I know a lot of you tired and, and kids back in school. It's a rustle-bustle world, thoughts going through your mind. And you've got to guard against that stuff because when we come in here, it's a time for us to glean something from the Word of God that help us in our Christian life, but when the choir's singing and those, those, the, the songs are, are, are coming through and, and you're listening to the Word of God in song, man, that's a time where we can praise and exalt the King of kings and Lord of lords. We ought to be reminded to do that. It's about Him tonight. Too many people want to make it about themselves. Amen. But it's about Him. He's the one that is to have the preeminence. But notice verse number 3. Here's what I want to dig. Every Christ on in church, I do believe it be a place where people are willing to serve. you got to have people. And I say thank God for the working mentality here at Faith. I hadn't, you better, man, you better hang on to this now. Like I say, my, my track record, I'm, I'm a pretty negative preacher. Somebody asks you, they go say, man, Brother Brian, he's always preaching. They ain't seeing he, He's always there. Well, listen, you better hang on to it, man, because I got some nuggets of encouragement. If you'll get it tonight... Thank God in the christ honoring church is a place where people are willing to serve. It's not a drudgery. It's not a boring. It's not a drag to drag somebody to do so. Where people are willing to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at these boys in verse number 3. And they, which is plural by the way, they come unto him, that's Jesus, bringing one, they're singular, sick of the palsy, which is born of four. Plural. So there's four Fellas involved, we, we find, Brother Harold, we don't see their name anywhere. I mean, was it Fred? I have no idea. Was it Bob? Was it Bill? Was it George? It don't matter. That ain't the point. But all four of them were doing their part to get this man to Jesus. You see, it wasn't about that, but you'd be surprised. People serve the Lord if you'll pat them on the back. Oh, you might be in trouble if you're expecting a preacher to do that. Because I just, I, I try, I, and again, I don't encourage folks enough. And I appreciate everybody that what you're doing. But listen, if, we, if we're doing what we're doing to get a pat on the back, you ain't going to do it long. Because I can tell you now, the pats on the back will eventually, eventually stop. But we're serving the Lord Jesus Christ. And boy, in a Christ-honoring church, you've got to have folks that are willing to serve. Look at verse number 4. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. I've often said this, preached through this before, Brother Harold, and I made this statement. Them boys couldn't have been Baptist. When they pulled up and they, when they bring this guy unto the house where Jesus is, I mean, this noise, I mean, they can't even get around the door. If they had been Baptist, they said, man, that's too big of a line. I'm going back to the house. But they didn't stop. They invested their time and their talent, their treasure to get this guy up on top of the roof. They began to tire the tiles back and they let that man down. What great lengths they did to get that man to Jesus. I'm convinced of this fact, that these four, we don't know what their name is, but evidently they probably knew that man. Because here they are, they've probably seen him in that condition, probably seen him in that shape for so long. 
They'd probably seen that the doctors can't help him. He's paralyzed. His only means of getting around and survival. He's totally dependent upon somebody else. And they love this man. And they probably tried everything they could to help him. And they've exhausted all means. and wasn't able to do it. But Brother Brandon, they heard that there's a man named Jesus down there at the house. And it was noise that he was in the house. And they knew that they were limited. They couldn't help this guy. But they knew that they could get him to Jesus. And boy, did they ever. They went on top of the roof. And the Bible even said when he saw their Faith is still still important. Hebrews chapter number 11 and verse number 6, it said, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. God honors and, and, and answers faith. And these guys got this man to the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe in every Christ honoring church, you're going to have some people that are willing to serve. Man, I looked around today, and, and this wasn't just a fly by... Uh, or, or to see to your pants today. There's been a lot of preparation, a lot of planning that went into our family and friends day. Last year we had that and got hit with COVID about that time and, and we didn't have as many folks coming. There's a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of faces that we hadn't seen in a long time and, and that's people pulling together. You look over here, there was decorations put up, there, there was cleaning, there was serving, uh, there's all kinds of stuff that has went on to get us to this day. You say, well, we didn't have but one saved. Well, listen, you can't put a price tag on that. Praise the Lord for the one that did get saved. And we sow those seeds and we keep watering and we expecting more uh, to be saved somewhere down the road. But I look around, I think, and, and there's never been a time since I've been at faith. I couldn't tell you the time week after week, folks, say, Preacher, you need anything. Multiple, Preacher, you need anything. Because anything I need, Preacher, you need anything. And man, I'm going to tell you, that is a blessing that we'll not ever, ever, ever take for granted. With the work, it takes people to, 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 and it's sort of like this, you know, the church is not a business, but it must be run almost like a business, like a well or machine. I mean, you think Sister Janet, and with all the work she does with, with the financial side of things, we got our sound folks, I'm going to leave somebody, even back there in the back in the nursery, I looked in there and little Ellis was, was in there and Ashley was coming back, she was back and I said, well, is he going to make it? She said, I don't know, there's a new crew in there, but he made it all service. So Somebody's got to fill those gaps. Somebody's got to do that. And I think about those that work with little kids. And, and even on Sunday morning, Wednesday night, the van drivers, those that go out long before we ever come to the house of God. And most time, by the time we're home, they're still out on the road getting those kids, being people back and forth to the house of God. It takes a lot of people. It takes a lot of resources. It takes a lot of financial giving to keep the wheels of ministry turning. And thank God, in a christ honoring church, there are people that are willing to serve. And I just want to say thank you tonight for what the church has done and continues to do. And listen, we got great days ahead. We got a lot of things on the horizon here in the next little bit. Excited about what God's going to do, Brother Brandon, in the days coming. We, we got a, 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 a group of kids that are growing up. They're involved. They're plugged in. Now there's a lot of little ones running around here. I mean, a lot of them. Some on the way. Amen. Got several on the way. And praise the Lord for it. But you know what? It's going to take people that are committed, that are concerned, that are not unhooked, but that are hooked up. And I just want to say thank you for staying the course. You know, 12 years ago, Sister Savannah's coming. You, you, you had a choice. You had a choice, and, 
And listen, you're one leadership change away from things going AWOL. Now, that's just a fact. It just, that's just the way it is. But the Lord sent seen fit to call us down here. And, man, I look back. Man, I, I have nothing but good things to say. I do. I brag about faith everywhere I go. You say, well, preacher, you ought not be proud. You know what I'm saying. I mean, there's a bad proud and there's a good. You, you ought to be proud of your church. I don't care where you go to church at. If you go to Northwood, you ought to thank God you go to Northwood. If you go somewhere else, you're a uh, solid rock, you're Turner's Creek, you'll say, well, thank God for my church. Well, listen, you say, why should I say that? Well, why would your friends and your family and your neighbors want to go somewhere that you're not thankful for? But boy, it's a place where people are willing to serve. Thank God I, I thought about during vacation Bible school, we had over 70 volunteers that week. And then you hear about other places saying, well, you know, we'd like to have vacation Bible school. We just ain't got no workers. Ain't got nobody that'll help, nobody that'll lift a finger. So listen, we all not ever take for granted what God has done for us here. And listen, if you're here tonight or you're listening, maybe you've never been saved, always want to somewhere along the line hit the gospel message. If you've never been born again, Jesus died for you. He loves you, wants to forgive you of all your sin, but you've got to come to him. He's still got power. Oh, yeah, to change lives. He's the one that can do it. I can't. No other man, woman, boy, or girl. I've heard people testify and say, well, preacher so-and-so saved me. Well, that ain't going to get it done for him. Preacher so-and-so can't save nobody. It takes the Lord Jesus Christ and him alone. But thank God it's a place where power is the presence of the Lord. It's Christ only church. Preaching of the Word of God. Think about where power is experienced and praise is exercised. But it's a place where people are willing to serve. Tonight as we stand... All over the house, let's pray. Father, I love you. Thank you, Lord, again for the privilege and opportunity, Lord, to break forth the Word of God a little while tonight. Lord, I thank you for my brothers and sisters here, Lord, my family here at Faith. God, I, I praise you, Lord, for their working capability. God, I thank you for your goodness, Lord, for all that you've done for us here. Lord, again, we praise you again for saving Sister Crystal this morning. Lord, I'm going to go ahead and thank you in advance for what you're going to do in the days ahead, Lord, saving souls. Lord, you're going to add to the church. I do believe that. Lord, I thank you for the growth that we've had. And Lord, it's all can be traced back to you. Lord, without you, we can do absolutely nothing. But Father, I pray that you put the hedge of protection about this place. Continue to bless. Continue to move. Continue to meet every need. I pray that you give us souls for our labor. We'll be careful to give you thanks. Give you praise for what you do. For we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed tonight. Sister Savannah going to sing a little bit of that. Hello, friends. This is Brian Poindexter, the pastor of Faith Community Baptist Church, located at 2216 Hennings Road in East Bend, North Carolina. We're so grateful to have you listening to our CD ministry that's been provided as an outreach of our church. It's our desire and focus at Faith Community Baptist Church to preach and teach the whole counsel of God to a lost and dying world to equip the saints of God for service, and to encourage the elderly and shut-ins who cannot attend services due to physical ailments. We meet every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. for Sunday school for all ages, and our Sunday school hour is followed by our worship service at 11 a.m. with old-fashioned singing and preaching from the Word of God. We meet back every Sunday night at 6 p.m. for our worship service, and every second Sunday night of each month we have what's called an eat-and-meet service, after our 6 p.m. service, we gather in the fellowship hall for food and fellowship. On Wednesdays, we meet back at the church for our midweek worship service with choir singing and preaching again from God's holy word. 
Our ladies prepare a meal each Wednesday prior to our service from 5.30 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. I give you and your family a cordial invitation to be with us at any or all of our service times. Above all, you may be listening today, and maybe you've never made a personal commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, that's the greatest decision anyone can ever make in this life. Too many folks prepare for vacation. They prepare for retirement. They seem to prepare for everything, but sad to say, many make no preparations for eternity. The reality is very clear. We all will leave this world someday. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. You must understand that you are guilty before a holy God. Romans 3.23 said, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The prophet Isaiah said in chapter 53 and verse 6, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. You must understand that your good words, good works and good deeds will not get you to heaven. Isaiah 64 and verse 6 says, But we are all as an unclean thing. All our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. Ephesians chapter 2, the Bible said, Therefore by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. You must understand that you're loved. I'm thankful that in John 3 and verse 16, it said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Romans 5 and verse 8 declares, But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You must understand and realize there's only one way to stand right before God. There's not many ways, there's only one. Jesus said in John 14 and verse number 6, He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, the apostles' message was very simple. There in Acts chapter 4, in verse number 12, they said, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. You might ask the question, Preacher, how can I be saved? That's what the Philippian jailer asked in Acts chapter 16, verse 30 and 31. He asked Paul and Silas, he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. Romans 10, 9 said that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You must ask God to save you. I can't do it. No one can do it for you. Romans 10, 13 said, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you know you're a sinner, and if you're sorry for your sin, and you believe Jesus died for your sins, you simply have to ask him to save you. And I say, Preacher, how can I know for sure God will hear me? But first of all, the Bible tells us that we must be drawn. John 6 and verse 44, Jesus said, No man can come to me except the Father which had sent me. Draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. Psalm 51 and verse 17 gives us the attitude we need to have when we come to God. It said there, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. If God draws you by conviction, and if you're sorry for your sin, you repent of them, if you believe Jesus died for your sins, and if you asked him to save you, then the Bible declares you've been saved. If you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, then you've been forgiven of all your sin. Romans 8, 1 declares, There is therefore now no condemnation of them which are in Christ Jesus, 
We walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Once a person has been saved, they need to be a part of a fundamental Bible-believing church where they can grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. God calls us out of darkness and commands us to walk in light after we've been saved by His marvelous grace. If we can help you here at Faith Community Baptist Church in any way, feel free to contact us. If you have asked God to save you, please contact us, and we will send you some free literature to help you in your newfound life in Christ. Thank you again for listening to our CD ministry that's been provided by our church here, and may God richly bless you and your family is our prayer.